2: Hello, welcome into another post-game reaction podcast here on Maize & Brew. I'm your host for the evening, Anthony Broom. After Michigan's 39-14 victory over Indiana in Bloomington, Arguably, again, one of their most impressive performances of the year during a stretch of football where they're playing their best football of the year. Going back for, you know, it's been over a month now. It was an impressive showing. It was somewhat thorough uh, the, the first quarter. Really, uh, into the second quarter, uh, Indiana jumped out to a 14-7 lead. And things were starting to kind of feel like, okay, this feels like a Michigan-Indiana game. This feels like there's going to be chaos. It feels like Michigan might, you know, if you want to say, get exposed a bit or play down to Indiana's level. Indiana's a very good football team, but that didn't happen. Uh, Michigan did what they've been doing the last month or so. They put their foot down on the gas. They ensured that it was never going to be within reach for Indiana as they moved throughout the game. They only led 21-7 at the half, or I'm sorry, twenty-one-fourteen 14 at the half, but then they score the final 18 points of the game, and are able to hold off a Hoosiers team that, you know, one of the better Indiana teams we've seen in a while. So um, right off the bat, hats off to Michigan. There was no letdown this week. People were worried that after a big emotional win over Michigan State that they would come out and maybe overlook the Hoosiers, but I never got the sense that would be the case this week, only because when you look at Jim Harbaugh's mantra, when you look at this program's mantra, Throughout this season, after they kind of hit the reset button, so to speak, in that game against Wisconsin, it's been one day at a time, one practice at a time, one week at a time, and they've become—they've sort of been compartmentalizing this whole year since that Wisconsin game. And I never really got the sense that overlooking Indiana was even remotely uh, in the cards, because this is a good Indiana team. They were a fringe top 25 team. And Michigan is, you know, under Jim Harbaugh. This is by far the biggest win they've had uh, over Indiana, under Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, they've been a lot of close games, a lot of weird games. But Michigan was able to come out, take care of business. They took this week seriously. Uh, it was, a, like I said, a thorough, mostly dominant performance. And like I said, credit to the coaching staff, credit to the players for not. You know, it would have been very easy to look ahead, seeing that, you know, this game was sandwiched between you know, the two the two biggest rivalry, you know, arguably the two biggest games on your schedule. Two rivalry games, two measuring stick games, two home games. So I don't think a lot of people would have blamed them uh, if they would have come out and saw things be a little bit closer than they were. But that wasn't the case. Michigan played excellent football. Shea Patterson played great football. Uh, the team played great football. So let's roll into some takeaways here. That's kind of my opening statement on it. Um, just gonna go here beat by beat right now shea patterson's rolling uh he was 20 for 32 on the day 366 yards five touchdowns one interception which it was late Uh, it was kind of a silly play he probably shouldn't have been out there anyways but you know shea patterson my god uh to see how he's flipped the switch in the last couple weeks has been nothing short of you know incredible this is a guy who people were asking to be benched like you know, I say during the Wisconsin game, and he technically was benched during the Wisconsin game. But you know, going back to the Middle Tennessee game, the Army game, you know, even in the summer, uh, people were were out on Shea Patterson. We're hoping that Dylan McCaffrey would be able to supplant him as the team's starting quarterback. Right now, uh, Shea Patterson is playing the best football a quarterback has played at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, uh, the first Michigan passer to ever throw for. I believe four touchdowns in consecutive games. Um, he had five in this game today, obviously. But um, he's just you know, and you go through any game. It's very rare to, to play a perfect game, and there were there were plays that they, he left on the field. Throws uh, you know, a throw down the sideline to Nico Collins was overthrown. Um, a couple overthrows here and there, but you know, twenty for thirty, twenty for thirty-two. Uh, the numbers he was he was far better than he wasn't uh, on the day. Um, you know the yardage, three hundred sixty-six yards. Nico Collins, a career day for him, uh, six catches, one hundred sixty-five yards, three touchdowns. Uh, him and Donovan Peoples-Jones combined for thirteen targets. Which, listen, that is that's the recipe right there. Um, those two are this team's two best offensive weapons through the through the passing game. Uh, Nico Collins, like I said, seven targets for him. Technically, an eighth target that that drew a. A defensive pass interference. More often than not, when you chuck the ball, when when you make an effort to get him the football, it's been good for Michigan's offense. And like I said, I know there are people who people will say seven targets isn't enough. Listen, um, you know, seven out of thirty-one targets on the day for one player, especially when you look at I'm counting here one, two, three, four, five. So nine guy nine receivers caught a pass on Saturday. To have one player targeted seven times and another six times, that's a that's a pretty hefty, uh, it's a pretty hefty number. I mean, even you throw Tariq Black in there as well. Um, those three guys together were targeted uh, eighteen times in this game. It seems like Josh Gattis knows that that's a strength of this team now, and I think people were frustrated that this passing game. It's kind of and excuse me, my voice is like going on me here. I'm like on the fringe of a cold. Gonna load up on vitamin C ahead of this week because it is a big week on all fronts for us. But people, I think there's there's a pocket. I mean, there's a pocket of Michigan fans that are always gonna be sort of upset that you know where was this sooner? Why couldn't they? Why didn't they realize they had this before now? And I don't think you got you get that type of play in this game. Or really, the last couple games, because you know early in the season, because Shea Patterson, these performances are are totally on Shea Patterson to be comfortable and to be confident. He was neither of those things early on in the year, whether it be due to injury, whether it be due to you know the the new offense and some of the new terminology and things like that. What you're getting out of Michigan's passing game right now wasn't possible then because you didn't have a comfort level with the offense. The quarterback wasn't comfortable. He was maybe being asked to do a little too much, read a little, you know, make some reads he wasn't comfortable making. Um, and this is where Josh Gaddis has done a really nice job. Uh, Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh, one, not only staying the course. I mean, throughout this entire process, they've maintained that Shea Patterson is their guy, and they, d- they have not wavered in that. And they deserve credit for that because... There, I mean, early on in this year, those first five or six games, there were any number of moments where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready to see what another quarterback can do. Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis have dialed it back to a certain extent. They're not asking him to do as much. He's more comfortable. He's a little more improvisational. I think, to a fault at times, and we've talked about over the years how Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback guru, I think. Far there, there's been too often where they've wanted their guy to to do NFL things, and I've said this on, on broadcast. I've said this on shows here. Sometimes your quarterback just needs to be a really good college quarterback. Sundays, Sunday future be damned. And I think they've done a really nice job of of giving Shea Patterson the license to do what he does best. And you know now now we're kind of seeing um, the fruits of of his work there, the coaching staff's work there. And like I said, um, you know, this offense in general right now, and you look through the box score, I mean, the run game um, has not been great the last few weeks. 29 rushes against Indiana, 87 yards, averaging three yards a pop. Listen, uh, I, I think that, you know, Michigan's run that they've gone on in the last few weeks was kind of, you know, the kindling for that fire was the run game getting back going uh, when it wasn't quite going early on in the season, and with teams starting to key on that, not that Michigan, not not to say that Michigan's been playing possum, but with that run game becoming an emphasis at a certain point of the year, you know teams are starting to key in on that a little bit more, and it's opening up opportunities, and and, and teams have been daring Shea Patterson to throw, and guess what, he's throwing, and he's throwing well now you know, the, uh, the the ability to be multiple in your attack, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, this Michigan offense is going to be, at, you know, Greg Madison uh, and, and the Ohio State coaching staff down there, Ryan Day, um, you know, I, the Ohio State's defensive coordinator. I can, the name's on the tip of my tongue. I can't, it, it's just not there. Um, they're going to have a hell of a time preparing for this offense because I think something else that kind of sticks out to me is that Michigan can be multiple in its attack now if you're gonna load up and stop the run they're they're starting to they've shown an ability to be explosive through the air now if Ohio State's going to drop a bunch of guys back into coverage and dare Michigan to run I think that they have the ability to do that too especially with how well the offensive line has been playing so that you can zig when your opponent zags I think that's a pretty big deal for Michigan right now um, I'm not concerned about the running game I um, like I said, I think that I kind of feel about them as I always have this year. I think that you can piece together something that's pretty efficient and it works. Um, you know, the Hassan Haskins Wildcat, I think that there are applications for that, but at times I don't think it's all that necessary. To a certain point, it becomes predictable, like the Jabril Peppers Wildcat did a few years ago. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that you might have to find a way to get a little bit more creative there because I don't think that, you know, Ohio State, you know, G, you know a guy like Jeffrey Okuda, that's a guy who might be the first cornerback off the board in the NFL draft this spring. So you assume that he's going to be on Nico Collins. They've got other players all over that secondary. Michigan's wide receivers are not going to be running free next week. So I think the run game will have to, I'm not going to say get going because I, you know, I just think it needs to, be a little bit better than it has. But again, to look for any nitpicks in a performance like that, um, no, it just seems, it just seems, I I don't want to sit here and look for something to be angry at. Um, I'd like to just sit here and be more impressed with what I've seen. So, um, you know, other things of note, as I go through offense, we'll talk defense here. Uh, We will take a break, talk defense, wrap it up after that. Um, Offensively, I look through Ronnie Bell, four targets on the day. Only had one catch for 6 yards, but hey, it was a touchdown. His first touchdown of the year. But work they've been working so hard to get him one of those. He's been Michigan's most reliable wide receiver all year and uh, you know, to see him rewarded for that, especially after some of the things he's gone through this year, it was cool to see. And that's you know, like I said, you love to see that. You like to see Giles Jackson starting to get involved a little bit more offensively. Uh, he had one catch for 50 yards. He had a couple actually had a couple of rushing attempts in this game. So that was that was cool. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you talk about speed and space. Yeah, it's it's there right now. But you know, let's ju- let's just say and I don't want to look too far ahead. We want to keep this to the Indiana game, but let's just say Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples Jones go pro after this year. The wide receiver core that you could have for next year with Tariq Black, Giles Jackson, Mike Sainer still had a thirty five yard catch. Um, you know Cornelius Johnson. Who, take your pick. AJ Henning will be here next year. Chris Evans will be back. If you think this offense is fun to watch now, they might be even more spread like next year, which is going to be a blast. Um, you know, depending on what kind of quarterback play that they get. So overall, offensively, like I said, I, I don't, I, I don't really have much to. I don't have much for you. It was more of the same. It was a dominant performance on the offensive side of the ball. Shea Patterson was was terrific. He's playing the best football of his career. Um, you know, showing that Michigan was right to stick with him. So I take my hand off to him. Uh, take my hand off to Josh Gaddis, to Jim Harbaugh. You know, we all we laughed at them, and I said and I wrote and I said some nasty, like not nasty in, in that I was attacking them, but you know. We said some really critical stuff about those guys, and I think a lot of people will just kind of ignore that and pretend they didn't say it. I said a lot of those things, and and I'm sorry for that. I was wrong. Um, I think if this season has taught me anything in general, it's that it's about, the, it's about a body of work. It's about what comes next. Um, in the moment, maybe don't be quite as critical. Maybe take a step back and look at things, look at, how things can improve instead of what things are and what you need to see next. Um, you know, like I said, the narratives about Jim Harbaugh and not winning the big one, so to speak. And it really, after all, they've chipped away at all these other narratives. Now, you know, this was that, you know, this was, you could make the argument. This game today was his most impressive road win as Michigan's head coach. There's one that remains. And you know, you that's, you know what, you know, what's next. You know, it's the one that's Ohio state's been his boogeyman. Um, like I said, a lot of things I said were, if you want to call them over-emotional, that's fine. Overly critical, that's fine, too. But, like I said, I'd be remiss if I didn't jump on here and, and just say that the, the Crow tastes delicious. I'm glad that I'm eating Crow right now. And, and what I see is, you know, all those weeks ago, Jim Harbaugh said the offense is hitting its stride. I believe that. And we laughed at him. He was mocked for that. And... and people said some really mean things uh, to him and his team after that comment. But this has been, I think you can make the argument that this has been his best coaching job in terms of where things started this year from start to finish that he's had at Michigan so far. So um, credit to him and all that credit to the offense. We'll see where it goes from here. I'm going to take a quick break here. Don't have too much to go through. But when we come back, we'll talk about Don Brown on the defense, we'll talk Dax Hill, Josh Uche, some other little odds and ends stuff, and a quick look ahead at next week. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back here in a minute here on Mason Brew.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash block M to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash block M.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered com. It's
1: my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: Ch-ch-chumba.
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And we are back here on the Mazen Brew podcast, reacting to Michigan's 39-14 win over Indiana on Saturday uh, I'm Anthony Broom, team site producer, managing editor, and your host for this little uh, reaction excursion. I don't have a whole lot more to hit on here. Uh, I'd like to talk about the defense and someone else who, you know, ended that last segment in discussing how, you know, tip of a cat, tip of the cap to Jim Harbaugh, Josh Gaddis, and a bit of an apology for some of the critical things that we've said about them. Someone else should be added to that list, and that's Dom Brown. Um for the better part of almost a year, we heard about crossing routes, and this stubborn old man won't adjust in games, and you know he's not doing anything differently. He plays too much man defense, and yada, yada, yada. And something that stands out as a big takeaway to me is that Don Brown is mixing it up now. And people who maybe just look at the box scores and look at certain drives and get mad may not see that, but... We see more zone. Crossing routes, I don't feel like I've harped on crossing routes since, shoot, uh, to the Wisconsin game, the Iowa game, Rutgers. I, I don't remember. Um, I think that it's, it's important to keep in mind, and this game was another example of that, and even last week's game, is that, again, what happens on one drive we can't react and get overly emotional about that. Indiana came out to start this game and got pretty much whatever it wanted offensively. I mean they marched up and down the field twice, led 14-7 um, you know if not if not for an interception that, that Peyton Ramsey had, you know they could have taken that lead a little bit earlier. Um, but to Michigan's credit they adjusted um, the pressure started getting home a little bit more and Indiana's offense like like I said they led this or they led this game 14 to 7. They didn't score after I'll get you the exact number here. Hold on. So Indiana scored to go up 14 to 7 at the 1409 mark of the second quarter. They did not score the rest of the game. Don Brown and his defensive staff and his young defense have done a really nice job. And turning things around, I think that when you look at how they're able to adjust to some things, I think that's you know in terms of playing more zone and stopping the crossing routes and, and things like that, is the young play or the young the young guys that they've had out there. Cam McGrone, Daxton Hill. The athleticism is a little bit higher. It feels like a more. It might not be a better defense than than their defense last year, but it feels like a more athletic defense and. I know that Indiana was without um Whoop, whoop uh, Filer. I forget how to pronounce his name, but he's, you know, slot receiver, great player, was out with a concussion. Um, obviously, Michael Penix hasn't played in a few weeks, but Peyton Ramsey has given Michigan problems before. And, um, you know, not to say that, you know, Don Brown has about one game a year that goes badly, and he thinks about it for the next year or so. Indiana wasn't really that game last year. I mean, I think the Ohio State game last year was, but a lot of things that happened in that Indiana game in Ann Arbor the week before the Ohio State game last year sort of um, was the precursor to what happened in Columbus. And now that's not to say, oh well, he figured out Indiana this time around it means he's going to figure out Ohio State next week. No, I'm not saying that at all. Um, but did a really, nice, you know, he's done a nice job this year. I lost my train of thought there cold meds are starting to kick in but when you look at you know that Wisconsin game was an absolute disaster uh the way that that Penn State game started was a disaster the way that they had allowed Illinois to get back in that game against them was a disaster but but the last month or so there the defense has been playing you know sort of overshadowed by the offense but they've been playing excellent football too. And like I said, hats off to them. Uh, Dax Hill got. Brad Hawkins did not play in this game. Dax Hill started in his place, led the team in tackles, had eight tackles, and his first career pick. Josh Uche was freaking everywhere. Oh my God. He was incredible on on Saturday. And he's been, you know, I don't. I think sometimes he gets lost in the Cam McGrone, Dax Hill, Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay, you know, hype, I guess. But Josh Uche is, is as good a player on Michigan's defense as any of them. You know, He's it's been a blast watching him this year. And he had one of his best games of the season on Saturday. Uh, other than that, go through here as I scroll through the box score, see if there's anything else that stands out. Aiden Hutchinson had seven tackles on the day, a sack tackle for loss. Ambry Thomas had six tackles on the day. Cleek Hudson had six tackles on the day. Um, Jess Spate had five tackles on the day. Nice showing from Jess Spate, a guy who started as a walk-on and uh, earned a scholarship earlier this season. Yeah, it was, um, like I said, top to bottom. Hard not to be impressed. Football's a 60-minute game, so I'm not really going to freak out over how the first five minutes of a game goes, especially you go out, you go on the road, and you you know anytime you go on the road a lar- it, it's not like the NFL where any team can just put up a performance anytime home or away it's hard to go on the road and win in college and when you go on the road to a certain extent there's there's a stretch of the game when you play a good team where you might just have to weather a storm michigan weathered the storm on saturday and, and then became the storm uh, and and blew indiana right off of their field their their home field so Like I said, football is a 60-minute game. Offense might start slow at times. Defense might start slow. It's always going to be about what's next. And when it becomes a a habit inside of a game, you have two, three, four, five bad drives in a row, then the angry tweets can start coming. But, you know, Indiana goes right down the field on their first drive, normally a scripted drive for any team. They score. Uh, I'm just not – I'm not really going to sit here and – Take tweets where the sky is falling. I'm, I'm just not. I'm over that now. Uh, I need to be better about reacting uh, in those types of moments anyways. Or maybe just, hey, here's a thought. Maybe just don't tweet at all. Maybe, maybe, just, maybe just settle down and don't tweet at all. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, overall, good performance. I, I think Saturday uh, went about as good as you could have possibly hoped for. If you're a Michigan fan, Ohio State, at the very least, looked a little bit mortal against Penn State. Um, again, they looked mortal, but at the same time, you're hoping that it wasn't just bad football getting out of their system ahead of next week. But they looked like a team that you know you, you might be able to give them a game because I think Michigan's playing better than Penn State is right now, and that's been the case since you know midway through the second quarter uh, in that Michigan versus Penn State game. So sucks that Michigan wasn't able to get the win out of that, but they've been the better team over the last month or so. It's going to be in, in the big house. Michigan has nothing to play for. like They can't go to the Big Ten title game. All they have to play for is, is beating who that team in front of them is. They have nothing to lose. They're expected to lose this game next week. They'll probably, if I had to guess, I bet they'll open as 11.5-point underdogs, uh, to put it conservatively. I um, wouldn't be surprised to see it be more than that. Again, just give yourself a chance, and I think the first thing is you have to be confident in yourself. You have to be playing good football going into it. Michigan has a ton of momentum right now. Ohio State obviously has momentum, heading as a you know a probable big big ten champ, college football playoff contender. Just give yourself a chance to have a bounce go your way and, and make it interesting. And I think that they're, I think that they're ready. I think that there's a lot of battle. Um, there's a lot of, you know, Jim Harbaugh talks about stealing your spine and, and building a callus. I think Michigan has a big fat callus right now, especially when it comes to guys that have been here. You know, a guy like John Runyan Jr. has been at Michigan for every Ohio State game of the Jim Harbaugh era, and some of them have been close calls. Other ones have been blowouts, but. It's a Michigan's a team that's playing loose. They're playing inspired. They're playing carefree, and and they're playing well. And like I said, it's gonna be a fun week. Uh, but like I said, uh, you'll take nine and two after the way this season started. Sitting at nine and two, have a chance at ten wins next week. You could you could maybe beat Ohio State. I mean, man, oh man. Even if you don't beat Ohio State, chance at ten wins in a bowl game. Things could be much worse right now. Um, we only get 12 of these regular season games a year. And if you're lucky and you're a fan of a team like Michigan or you know, a fan of a team who routinely makes a bowl game, you get a 13th game. And if you're luck, really lucky, maybe your team wins a conference title and goes to the playoff and you play a 14th and 15th game. We don't get many football Saturdays. So let's just enjoy what's left of it. Um, it's, it's going to be an us against the world type of week. It's going to be, it's just going to be a week where there's just going to be a lot of crap on both sides of it. But you know, don't, don't be afraid of it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for the site, both content wise and our presence at, uh, in Ann Arbor on Saturday, hint, hint, wink, wink, uh, I'll have something to announce there soon. But like I said, um, this Saturday went about as good as you could possibly hope for uh, if you were a Michigan fan. So Michigan wins 39-14 over Indiana on Saturday, moves to 9-2 on the year, 6-2 in the Big Ten. There's only one of them left. You guys know what week it is. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Get our podcast wherever you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good spots. Leave us a review. Kind review, hopefully. But other than that, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. You'll be hearing a lot from us this week. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk soon.